Today, I get the legendary commodity trader Ken Roberts to come on. We talk about his book. He even gets me to sign up for his um, training courses, free pamphlets and all that. Two-hour video of him explaining everything. And it's just us talking about different methods, mindset, and spirituality. It's it's a it's a hell of a good interview, if I have to say it myself. Here he is, Ken Roberts. Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm down on Mobile Bay in Alabama. Alabama. Wow. Yeah, um, actually, before we started, my mom was giving me a lot of your old stuff. Your, uh-huh. your trend, uh, this one. Oh, yeah. And the, your books. And she's like, show them this. I'm like, absolutely, I will. Yeah. But uh, she was telling me uh, you were originally based out in Oregon. Well, not originally. No, I, I uh, started out in the San Fernando Valley, born and raised there. Okay. Then I moved to, um, uh, then that was in 51, I was born. And then in uh, 84, I moved to Valencia. Valencia and then in okay. 87, I moved to Ojai, California. And then uh, that's near Montecito and Santa Barbara. Right out on the coast. And then uh, I escaped California in 94 and moved up to Grants Pass, Oregon on the Rogue River there. And uh, that's where you have uh, Four Star Publishing, right? Correct. Yeah, she was also telling me about you had a whole chart company too that you would mail out the charts uh, every week too. Exactly. That's the one you held up there. That was published by U.S. Chart Company. That's awesome. Yeah, we we were huge. We were the biggest before or since in in the world of commodities. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the many articles I've read about you um, with my journey um, is so funny. I always come back to your stuff because I've been trying to learn uh, futures trading, but I right. realize, but I don't have enough capital right now, so I'm just saving and learning. Right, and uh, everything you taught. Um, other than a few nuances here and there with the newer trends of online, it's, right. it's still solid. Oh, it's better than ever because the markets are bigger yeah. than ever. Uh, let me get a coffee. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, Josh, did you did you sign up on my email list? Um, on your website? No, uh, I would love to be on it. Well, yeah, go do it. Well, you might want to do it now. You're going to be delighted. Go to uh, KenRoberts.com. All right. And then see where it says sign up or get on my private email list. That one. Right. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, okay, put that. Put your email in. I have the one with you. Your fifty-five million check. Um, it's not showing anything, at least online, on the uh, 
phone. So I will. I, I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. So it's not showing a um, an all the sign up here one. Yeah, see that free? See that badge? Oh, click it. Ah, that's smart. I never thought about that. Here we go. There you go. I'm in. Okay, then you're going to get an email right now. Okay. And it'll say, here's your free OPIP kit. Yep. Okay, now go through that. All right, yeah. go through every item in there, Josh. Okay. And I mean, there's a seminar in there. It is, I'm telling you, it's all there. And the way this started out was I retired in 06. Okay. And I had a list of like old, uh, not old, but former course members. And um, I kept hearing from them. You know, they would reach out. And uh, I had that website going and they would tell me they've been making a living all these years since 06 on that OPIP plan. Really? Really. And that's what I say. It's get, And the, every one of them says, you used to say this is the world's one perfect business. Well, it's even more perfect today. It, it really is. It just keeps getting better and better. So, Josh, your money problems and your time problems and your and your being overwhelmed problems, all those will be solved if you'll go through every item in that kit. I will read it religiously after this. All right. Um, so, Ashley, that um, is one thing I want to talk to you about specifically. Um, I listen to hedge fund managers for um like uh, futures trading right. and one of them saying that the money printing is not going to be uh it's good for the futures but it's actually bad for everything else kind of thing what's your take on that well it's out of my realm all i go by josh are charts interesting <laughs> yeah no and that's just it's one of those um i just listen to them because these guys could get paid hundreds of millions of dollars so they would want to be semi accurate when explaining stuff yeah and but the that was the interesting part. Okay, so strictly charts. Is there um? Well, I'm, I'm what you call a strictly technical trader, and anything else like what you just told me is what I call stupid news. Okay, all right, and and I say that I don't mean to be demeaning, but. I just, I'm just saying it because I do not regard that whatsoever. You know, the, the government will put a report out uh, and then, and then the whole market will shift and move based on that report at, on Friday, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday, they'll come back and revise it and say, oops, we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes suddenly down. Exactly. And it's usually, you'll see, you will see in the materials that you just got in the email, I followed it uh, as, a, as an example. It, the word came out, the news said, I called it stupid news, okay? Right. And the news said what it said, which should have driven interest rates higher. 
Well, in fact, it drove them lower. I mean, you can follow the market and it did exactly the opposite of what the news said. So what what news are you going to follow then? It's, you know, it's impossible. Right. And then news in itself is biased and intended for fear, which you make very dumb decisions when you're uh, fearful. Well, that's what see my hero, my investment hero was Sir John Templeton, you know, of of the Templeton funds. Yeah. He was a billionaire when that really meant something. Right. Not like today where every other guy's a billionaire. (laughs) Right. And, um, but he was the Templeton funds, a legendary investor, just so successful. And he said, and he said most, this was in Forbes magazine, Josh, that he said this, most investors lose money trying to avoid losses think about that yeah yeah you can you can meditate on that one so what he's saying is most investors are driven by fear they're not they're not driven to make profits they're driven to i don't want to lose my money (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's very true it's kind of like being pushed from behind rather than moving forward, you know, being pulled forward. And then the other thing he said on the cover of Forbes magazine, the more you study spirituality, the better investor you will be. Interesting. That was actually something I wanted to eventually bring up. So is that because believing in the unknown and knowing uh, so you don't fear it kind of thing? Say again, I'm sorry. So is it believing in the unknown so you don't fear the unknown? For spirituality? Yeah, a a great way to put it, yes. Well, the fact is, now, what is your podcast about? I mean, is Um, spirituality okay to talk about here or what? Oh, I'm totally fine with that. I just predominantly ask business people because they see the value in coming in and talking about what they do. But I'm open to everything. Okay. Well, the fact is, Josh, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. Where most people, even if they get that far, they'll say, well, yeah, I'm a human. And once in a while, we humans have a spiritual experience. That's the common belief. But the fact is, we are spiritual beings and we are humans this time around. <laughs> yes. All right. And our <clears throat> and deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And you know, you can go on and on and talk about it for days and days. But the fact is, we're striving to have a connection with our higher power. And that's what it's all okay. So most people. This is interesting because I brought, see, John Templeton, again, was a legendary investor. But mm-hmm. Josh, he wrote 35 spiritual books. <laughs> what? So what's that about, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you should Google him when, when we're done and look up John Templeton. And he had the, he had the Templeton Foundation. They gave out more money for spiritual advancement, more money than the Nobel Peace Prize gives. Because he said, I wanted to show that capitalism is the greatest. (laughs) 
and that it's not broken because a lot of people believe capitalism now yes, is broken. Exactly. And, and another example of Templeton, I mean, you can see why he's my hero. He would say, most investors come running to me and saying, where is the outlook? Fantastic. You know, what's the hot market now? And he said, that's the wrong question. The wrong, the right question is, where is the outlook miserable? <laughs> and that's where he invested his money. And I remember at that time, in that particular year, it was actually in the news, the most dangerous place on the planet was Russia. So he invested in Russia? And guess, guess where John Templeton was investing? There. Because Russia's not going away. They're no. going to come back. Yeah. And he was the ultimate buy low, sell high guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, uh, what started my whole journey was actually the buy low, sell high. I was the March crash. Um, uh, I was curious why some people are dancing like it's the best thing since sex. And then the other like sitting there crying like it's the worst thing. I'm like, well, why is this one happy and this one sad kind of thing? Exactly. And that's what started right. the whole journey. Yeah, so let me get back to, I'm going to be jumping up and down for coffee. Okay? It's all good. <laughs> so everyone's looking, they're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Okay, they think that the money will make them happy. The new wife will make them happy. You know, getting rid of the present wife will make them <laughs> happy. We have all these, this list of things that will make us happy. <clears throat> but the evidence shows, and we've had enough experience with some of these on our wish list, and it doesn't make us happy. So here's what I used to do. I would have like 600 people in a seminar. And I would say, let me just get a, a take on who where you all are at, you know, who are you folks? So I'm going to give you a choice. Would you rather be rich or would you rather be happy? 97% of them, I want to be rich. Interesting. And I, yeah, I'd say, why do you want to be rich? And they say, well, so I'll be happy. I said, but I just told you, you can go straight to happy. Guaranteed. No, no, no. I want to be rich. I said, well, do you read People magazine? Yes. I said, well, don't you know? I mean, that's like lifestyles of the rich and miserable. Those <laughs> yes. people aren't happy. And they, oh, no, no. I'd be different. I'd be different. That's <laughs> that's common hu humans. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really is like uh and my work, because they I've been reading books on my lunch, so they all joke with me like, oh, you're going to be a multi-billionaire. I'm like, possibly. It's one of those, yeah. but I, I'm like, I'm not going to set it now because I haven't even started trading yet. But uh, one of them, he was scrolling, and this I will always remember this. And he's like, oh, I'm so jealous of these people. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he shows me the photo. I'm like, you know what? I'll bet you 10 bucks right now, cash. Those people are just as miserable as you, but they're really good at Photoshop. That's the yeah. only difference. Yeah. Just read People Magazine. It's all there. Exactly. Yeah. And, For and I love it when two celebrities get together. They always say, 
Oh, I met my soulmate. I've met my soulmate. You know, and six months later, they they've broken up. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a vicious cycle of that's what being a human is, and you know, and that's why we sp- we focus on. I mean, if you want to be happy, truly, you focus on spirituality. So then I'm curious on your perspective of spirituality. Is it more of like um, the Catholic, uh, not Catholic, the church, like uh, Christianity or more of like an Eastern Buddhism philosophy? It is what it it's, is. It's, it's not religion, Josh, not okay. religion. Not religion. Okay. At all, okay? I, I'm just telling you, let's see, this is reco- you're recording, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not supposed to say this out on, I'm in a 12 step group. Okay. Let me just put it that way. Got it. Okay. And it's a totally spiritual program and I didn't find it. I'm an alcoholic. Okay. And I learned this in 1978. I was 26 years old Mm -hmm. and I had what we call hit bottom. With alcohol, I gave up. I had, I was powerless. I couldn't do it anymore. I saw my life was unmanageable, and I gave up. That's step one in a twelve-step program. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol in this case. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, <clears throat> and that's where it all begins because you learn like getting hit by a two by four in the head, basically that's a, you know, it's not a pleasant experience. It's not to hit bottom, but that's when you learn there's something more, there's something higher. And you learn that if you will put that learning about and making a connection with that, that God of your own understanding, that's what we say. Okay. So whatever you want to call it or make it in your mind, God of your own understanding, then everything else falls into place. Uh, Like I say, you get hit in the head with a two by four to get you on the right track. And then you go, whoa, wait a minute. And then there's a line in our big book that says, when we look back, we see that the things that came to us when we placed ourselves in God's hands mm-hmm. or in your higher power's hands were so much better than anything we could have planned. And it just flips your world around and shows you the correct order of things on this in this lifetime. Okay. So did so it's spiritual, it's not religious. And there's a saying, Josh, that religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell. Spirituality is for people who have been there. Now, that's powerful. I Yes, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Because ours is not from the head. It's experiential. Right. You know, we had we hit bottom. And that is an internal thing that you will never forget when you hit bottom. It, it'll always be with you. <laughs> yeah, it's that annoy. It's like a shadow. It's always there. And a, uh, sometimes a yeah. not friendly reminder. Now, the interesting thing, Josh, uh, it's reported that over 250 groups have uh, requested permission 
to use AA's 12 steps. Okay. Interesting. For example, there's Overeaters Anonymous. Right. There's Narcotics Anonymous. There's Gamblers Anonymous. Right. There's uh, Emotion Anonymous. Okay. There's mm -hmm. there and there, I I would love to see a list, and I, in fact, I never have. I should ask them. But AA in New York, AA Central, has said that they have uh, authorized over 250 groups to use the 12 steps. And so, oh, there's one like a debtors anonymous, people who are compulsive spenders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you just buying stuff online yeah. or the mall kind of thing. Yeah. So what they say is I am powerless. Uh, we admitted we were powerless over spending that our lives had become unmanageable. And that, so what I'm saying is you don't have to be an alcoholic. It, it applies to all humans. Intrinsically. Yes, it does. But most people are like, they don't hit bottom. So they don't truly give up there. You, you know what I'm saying? Like with alcohol, there's a wonderful book by M Scott Peck called the road less traveled. <clears throat> And it has sold over 30 million copies. And it's kind of like the big book for normies. <laughs> <laughs> All the normies are running. And the other one, uh, Josh, is Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. Okay. That sold over 30 million copies. And, our, and the AA big book has sold 40 million copies. Wow. So we're all in the same realm here. Okay, everyone's looking for the same thing. M. Scott Peck and Rick Warrens are for normies, and AA's big book is for alcoholics and addicts, that kind of thing, right? right? So everyone's looking for the same thing. It's just the degree to which you give up. Yes. And and that's why I will say now I am a grateful alcoholic because all I had to do was stop pouring poison down my throat. <clears throat> and I found the most wonderful life that I could have ever found I, beyond anything I could have ever come up with. Yeah, that's actually um, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs I've met. Uh, like uh, this very successful construction guy. He, he truly hit rock bottom. He's like, I was homeless. My family disowned me. I was an alcoholic. He's like, at one point I was using drugs, but he's like, it got too expensive even for a homeless person. So he's like, I stopped that. But he's like, it truly, he's like, when you get there, he's like, there's only up. He's like, you can't go down. You've hit bottom. Right. Kind of thing. That's um, what's that guy, the big motivating guy, Tony or Anthony? Tony Rob uh, it's yeah. Anthony Robbins, but he goes by Tony. Yeah, he was homeless, wasn't he? Or something, or he worked really shitty hours and jobs, but he, he endured think, through it. Yeah, he, he hit bottom. If you hear his story, he hit bottom. Yeah, he, I, yeah. Uh, Either way. I was, I was never a follower of his, but he had hit bottom and he was in some ratty apartment or, you know, pretty much. And the other one is, you know, that Mr. Pillow, is that his name? That's my he, pillow. Yeah, the my pillow guy. I don't know who, uh, Oh, yeah, name. my pillow. He was he he was an addict. Same story. 
Yeah. Um, actually, a guy I interviewed a week ago, uh, he uh-huh. was an immigrant and he, he's a very specifically his property. He doesn't want to dabble in the markets other than properties. And he said, have you noticed, Josh, that immigrants, um, the quote illegals work harder than anyone else? I'm like, yeah, because they've already hit bottom. They're only yeah. up for those who are working a normal nine to five. If they do what he does, they have everything. They feel they have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Right. We're spoiled, Josh. Mm-hmm. We're spoiled brats in America. I had a friend when I was still struggling and I was living in a little 700 square foot house in Encino and uh, and an immigrant, a Russian immigrant and his wife and two little kids. And uh, he he actually escaped Russia and had bullet holes in his leg. What? I mean, that's how close that was such a, a close call he had getting out of Russia, but he would, <clears throat> his name was Ilya. I loved Ilya. He was a big man. <clears throat> and he would say, I love America. The streets are paved with gold. That's what he used to say. The streets are paved with gold. And it wasn't, but three or four years, Josh said he was a multimillionaire in the plumbing business. Mm-hmm. He just started out being a plumber for people. And then in three or four years, he had a fleet of plumbing trucks and he was doing plumbing for housing um, developments. Yeah. I mean, that's their attitude because they knew what bottom was. (laughs) And it's not like they can go lower. It's like, all right, so let's just build, build and build. And so I don't have to ever see that again. That's right. We're spoiled in America. Yeah. And if you think about it, Josh, there are those people, Victor Frankl, I think, uh, was one of those authors. They were actually in concentration camps, but they survived and actually thrived because they they went spiritual, you know, to the God within mm-hmm. and lived from within. Because that's the deal. If you're spiritual, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to you because your peace is an inner peace. That's where it all is. That's the only peace there is, by the way. It's an inner peace. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I've uh, I've been reading this book called the Gulag Archipedago. Um, It's it's literally the concentration camps and uh, the survivor of he did his 10 years. And literally what I'm digesting from his subtle hint. Uh, is essentially like when he went in, he made peace with himself. He's like, former me is dead now. I must live my 10 years, keep my head low, endure everything. Maybe I will see him on the other side kind of thing. And that's right. that's what I've taken. It's like you just truly have to accept what is happening to be happy kind of thing. Yeah, that's an, yeah. lots of books called Acceptance is the Answer. Mm-hmm. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today, whatever happens. So the it's like it's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you react to it. Yes. Okay. But all this is spiritual, and then it spills over. You'll be the best investor ever if you're focusing on this interior work. I know it sounds woo-woo and mystical and all that, and, and it is. <laughs> yeah. 
but it it's one of those um like this one uh investor in japan every day he makes it a point to list a thousand things he's grateful for very neat and it's one of those um you you, you get really deep you have because that's a thousand things in one day you got a list kind of thing yeah that's yeah that's a big exercise in aa and the 12 step groups make your gratitude list every morning Mm-hmm. Instead of getting up, oh God, what do I need? And I'm short on this. <laughs> it's like I woke up in a house with a roof, exactly. with water, I electricity. Yeah, yeah. And we just, but it's like you said, we're so spoiled, we don't even realize. We almost just expected it. There are exactly. many, there are plenty of people who would give up an arm just to have our luxurious. Oh, we are, you know, we're the t- the tip top on the planet. There's no better country. There really is. That's very true. So actually, I want to talk to you um, specifically on the entrepreneurial outlook that you see. Um, what do you think with the everything being handed to us with a silver spoon in our mouth? Do you think they're, the out- entrepreneurs are getting lazy and just expect it quicker? Oh, I never. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I haven't been in the game long enough, uh, recently. So. Well, I would think maybe because it's it's much more prevalent now, Josh, than when I was young. Uh, all I knew was, I mean, going through school. Let me get coffee. It's all good. Dude. All right, I got I got straight A's in junior high school in Reseda, and then I went to a very rich high school, Birmingham High School in Van Nuys. Okay, but I wasn't rich. That all these kids were rich. I was not. I was like lower middle class, so I always felt less than, and like I didn't belong there, like a fraud or a phony. And I mean, where where they had Firebirds and Camaros. And I mean, one gal drove her dad's Rolls Royce to high school. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had a 52 Chevy and I would park it three blocks away and walk into school. So no one would ever see what I drove, you know, and. I struggled. I mean, I was a smart kid. I had a high IQ. I got straight A's in uh, June in junior high. And I wanted to do, I wanted to be an engineer, or do some kind of math like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got to high school and then I had all this and I, I would, t- I took the classes, calculus and chemistry and all that, but I struggled. And I think the reason why I struggled looking back on it now, I'm 69 years old now. And looking okay. back on it, um, I think I was so in, torn um, because I wanted to be rich. All I wanted to do was be rich. Well, then those kind of dreams about being an engineer and a mathematician and all that, it was like, well, that's not going to get me rich, you know? Right. And and I was struggling, like, what can I do? And I knew I did not want to work for somebody. I knew that would not get me rich. And so even in high school, I started out working, working for myself. I mean, I mowed lawns and I, and I did magic and um, 
balloon animals at birthday parties. I remember I'd get 25 bucks for a little session at a birthday party. And I started working for myself. And uh, then I got out and went to college, but I couldn't, it, it just didn't compute with me. I mean, I had this stack of textbooks on the, on the seat of my car and I looked down at them like, what am I doing here? I'm not going to get rich doing this. And so I always was trying to do my own thing. And I would try Amway and I would try Shackley and I would go to all the entrepreneurial things that you're talking about, you know, the ads in the paper and all of that. And uh, anyway, finally, you know, it's, it's a great story, but finally through a coincidence, um, I, I got introduced to commodities by, of all people, uh, L.A. County Sheriff's deputy. I just happened to run into he was a he was probably the richest sheriff's deputy ever. <laughs> probably he was, he was trading commodities. And uh, anyway, I got introduced to him through a financial advisor uh, we had in common. And that guy introduced us and then whoa, I've always heard commodities is too wild and all that. And he goes, not the way I do it. And so he started teaching me. And that's when all of that. So, you know, thank God I I stuck to my guns and didn't start working for somebody else. I hung in there. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question in a long roundabout way, uh, it wasn't as prevalent then. the that the the successful entrepreneurs where nowadays josh i mean every other guy is a dot-com millionaire or a what do they call them now influencers yeah (laughs) you know they have 24 million youtube subscribers and they're an influencer i don't know josh i'm i'm glad i don't have to start over today i'll just tell you that yeah yeah one of the uh, CEOs when I was first starting all this, uh, they were like, yeah, we looked you up. You don't have a social media present. I'm like, well, social media is kind of like toxic and like, it's all about fear. And they're like, but this is now how you get known kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I do today. However, I know there would be a way if you put, if you put the spiritual first and you, you know, it, it sounds it just sounds so anti what we're talking but if you realize the answer is not in your head or you would be doing it would i like i would like to add on that uh because your head can talk you out of everything but your heart can lead you to the correct direction yeah you you know it's like everyone says what do i do now what do i do now you don't know what to do it's not in your brain you cannot figure it out that's too big of a problem. Because it's not in your brain. And what you do is focus on the spiritual and, you know, and to, to get biblical on it. But the Bible, I think, is the greatest psychological book ever written. Anything yes. that a human being can go through and the solution to it is in the Bible. It's it's a textbook. And mm-hmm. if you and if you I forgot my point now. Um Oh, I'm sorry. I I lost. It's okay. It. It's okay. We were talking about uh, mindset influencers and then uh, in tying in the uh, spirituality of it, and then the Bible. 
Yeah, and I was saying it's not in your. Well, there, there's a famous saying I love by Einstein. Okay. And he said, the, the level of thinking that caused the problem. Let's see. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> you cannot solve a problem from the same level of thinking that caused the problem. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't really understand that. I always loved that quote, but I didn't understand it until I got into AA. And and in my more in the morning reading in the big book, it says we put our thought life on a higher level. And we do that by prayer and meditation in the morning. We get out of ourselves, in other sure. words. That's what I was saying was. You don't know the answer. It's not in your head. So quit struggling and banging your head in a wall because the answer's not in there. Or you'd already be rich and happy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not in there. So realize that and focus on where the answer is. And that is on the higher or in your heart, as you just put it. And you do that by prayer and meditation in the morning. I know it all sounds woo-woo, and, and this is not what investors want to hear. But John Templeton said it on the cover of Forbes magazine, the more you study spirituality, the better investor you will be. That's what he meant. And it's very true because you you believe in a greater power will provide with you, but you also then once you have enlightened yourself to this mindset, you believe, wait, I can't take this with me. I might as well share and help the others kind of thing. Absolutely. Service is where it's at. The other thing, Josh, is maybe, I mean, you, maybe you have a passion for investing. Okay. Um, you, did you come up with that in your brain or was that like something you received? So, I have a long story um, within all that, but essentially I've now with looking back, I had a, always had an entrepreneurial spark. I just didn't know what it meant kind of thing. I had a nice mowing business. I was making like 500 cash a week. Um, and it was just one of those, I got a normal job, ruined everything. Uh, Cause then I was like, Oh, well, I guess this is what I'm actually supposed to do kind of thing. Long story short, essentially I love solving puzzles and the market's the biggest puzzle that probably will never be solved. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those, but if you know enough, you can walk the lines and not get taken out. And that's what's right. been fascinating me the last year and a half. Okay. Then I would call that a passion. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's what I teach people is follow your passion. Even if, I mean, I don't care what it is. If it's Frisbee's, you just adore Frisbees and live and think Frisbee. You know what a Frisbee is? Yes, yes. Okay. So if that's it, that's it. And that's where you put all your passion and your energy. Because I do believe each of us is born with what you might call a celestial seed. Something yes. that we're here to do. And if it's stamp collecting... I don't, I don't know what it is, you know? And it's not for us to judge. It's, that's their gift. No, you, it's just for us to realize. Mm -hmm. And then 
start focusing our attention on it. And that's where it all starts. Attention is everything. There's a one. Did you look at my YouTube channel? Yes. Have you been posting recently? It's been like two months since you posted. That's actually how I. It's been a little while since I posted, but I got back on after eight years last May. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a couple months, but I've been posting more regularly than I than I had been. But there's one on there called the Orange Cone, and that was a lesson I learned. Did you watch that one? I watched a lot of your stuff. That's where uh, one. It was like two months. I haven't seen you posted, but it was last two or three videos. Is when you said, "Like this is how we're going to find your purpose. What is it you wake up every day, and then it's like, how are you going to achieve it?" Yeah, I, I literally I had the note somewhere too. It was just that was when you also said, "Get on my mailing list." Here's my email if you need to talk to me, kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, that so was what I learned. It was a lesson I learned that was so powerful at the Skip Barber Racing School oh, okay. up at Laguna Seca, Laguna Seca, mm-hmm. and uh, what it was, it was the. We went. We had to go through three days of intense training in order to drive the Formula One cars okay? before they'd even let you set foot in one, right? So we went through three days of intense training, and they called it the Car Control Clinic, the CCC. Okay. And we learned to control our vehicle. Okay. Well, one, one lesson... We get out to they. We get in a big red Dodge Ram pickup truck. I'm in the driver's seat. My instructor's in the right seat, and it's got four bald tires. <laughs> oh. and we pull up to this what they call the skid pad. Now the skid pad is a huge asphalt area, like the size of a Walmart parking lot. Okay. Okay. And it's off grade, just slightly. And it's smooth asphalt, and it's wet. They have it wet. All right. Then, so we pull up to the edge of this skid pad. Way off in the distance on the other side, there's an orange traffic cone. And he says, okay, now, I want you to aim for the traffic cone, accelerate to 40 miles per hour, Put the truck in a spin, recover from the spin, and don't hit the cone. I mean, this thing is yeah, so yeah. big, you know, and there's that itty bitty cone way down there. All right, so here we go. Accelerate to 40. Now, the way you put a truck in a spin is you make a hard turn right or left and then hit the brake. And that'll start your truck spinning. And then the way to recover from a spin, they say all out. Okay, no hands, no feet, no clutch, no accelerator. You just everything off and the truck will stabilize. Okay. And then and then you take control again. And that's what I did. And it nailed the cone. Because I had been aimed, aimed at it. And I and I, you're actually embarrassed, Josh. Yeah. It's like, how did I hit this itty bitty cone in this huge parking lot? And so he said, try it again. So you go back, you try it again, hit the cone, and then tried it again, hit the cone, and it it got frustrating and embarrassing, you right. know. 
And I actually hit the steering. Oh, what the heck is going on? And he said, well, you know what you want, what you're doing wrong? I said, what? He said, you're looking at the cone. And I said, well, yeah, I'm looking at the cone because I don't want to hit it. And then I realized how stupid that just sounded because he just told me that that's why I'm hitting the cone because I'm looking at it. And I said, well, where do I look? And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, you know, it's real elementary stuff. Right. And I said, okay, well, I want to go to the left of the cone. He said, okay, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> so I tried it again. And I'm telling you, Josh, everything in you wants to stare at the cone because you don't want to hit it. This is counterintuitive to look away from the cone. Right. You want to look where you want to go. So, I, I mean, actually, at one point, I pushed my head because it wouldn't stop looking at the cone. Mm-hmm. It was just drilled on. It just nailed on. Okay, well, it took a while. I mean, many tries. But I got to where I could put that truck to the left, to the right, to the other side, mm-hmm. to, to stopping in front of it. It was like a ballet when I finally learned the trick. And the trick is... It's counterintuitive, and it's very difficult not to look where you don't want to go. And this is why, again, most investors lose money trying to avoid losses because they stare at the loss column. They dwell on the fear of losing money instead of looking at the star. You follow Absolutely. So that was a powerful lesson. Our life goes where we put our attention. And that's actually what I've noticed too, um, just through offhanded observations. Like I was paying attention to, let's say, um, cryptocurrency. It was just because it's super volatile. I could um, use the moving averages. But then I realized, I'm like, wait, I'm seeing the top and I believe it's um, that's it, but I'm buying. Why am I not shorting it kind of thing? Right. And that's where I realized, I'm like, kind of like you, do the opposite. If I feel this is good, switch it. It's bad now. Let fall, assume uh, it's not right. And it worked. Yeah. That's, and that's what John Templeton taught. I mean, it was kind of brutal. He said, you know, well, basically you're buying when everyone else is selling and you're, you're buying into where the outlook is miserable. And most people are losing money and struggling and we're buying. Mm-hmm. It's kind of brutal in a way. <laughs> it's like the old uh, Rockefeller saying, buy um, when there's blood in the street, buy it up. Yes, exactly. Buy when there's blood in the streets. That's what he meant. Right. <clears throat> so it's all psychological, but it's very difficult to see that. And it takes a lot of um, uh, work. It takes a lot of effort. I mean, I was doing this just not to look at the cone. Right. And then translate that to what does that mean when I'm investing in a market? Well, everyone's saying cryptocurrency, Bitcoin's going through the roof, going through the roof. Well, it takes a lot of effort and stick to 
to be shorting that market if that's what your charts are telling you. Mm -hmm. It's counterintuitive. It really is. That's actually um, the the interesting part because a lot of my coworkers are like, oh, we're going to buy a Bitcoin. We're going to be a millionaire by whenever. I'm like, yeah. I said, let's put it this way in technicals. I said, Kim, does Bitcoin actually produce money? They're like, no. I said, well, here's a huge problem. If I buy a share of like Chevron, we know it all makes money kind of thing. We can actually have a balance sheet. It'll tell me Bitcoin only uses electricity. It loses us like almost a percent of its value every day in electricity. Yeah. Um, I said, so hypothetically, you're buying nothing. You're just buying a story. That's all right. you're doing. I said, now I looked at them, but as a trade, it's genius. Because every if you buy it low, ride it up and sell it high, you're, it's not your investment. You don't care. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's where yeah. all of them just sat there and they're like, but like, this is going to be the future. I'm like, right now? I said, can you use Bitcoin on Amazon to buy something? And they're like, no. I said, so then why are you buying it? Yeah. I know a lot of guys um, who made a lot of money already in Bitcoin. I never got involved. I, I was, I was not trading like that anymore. Right. It came around since I retired. That's actually one thing I wanted to ask you, even though you're retired, are you still trading just more to yeah, keep yourself yeah. busy? Yeah. Well, I don't need to stay busy, but yes, I'm still, I'll tell you, yes, I invest in gold. That's what I'm getting into next. I've been buying up real estate because everyone says it's going to, they don't want it. So I'm like, I'm buying up real estate where I can. Yeah, I'm in real estate and gold. And it'll, it'll come back because especially with uh, this green movement, gold's going to be in even higher demand. Yeah. Well, with inflation and all, you know, and all of mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's awesome. So actually, I sorry, I can still hear you when I get. Oh, okay. I just want to be polite. Um, Thank so, you. So, welcome. <clears throat> so actually, I wanted to talk to you um, specifically on the technicals for options. Okay. Um, because from what I gather, well, technicals are technicals. <clears throat> doesn't matter if you're trading futures, options, stocks, doesn't matter. Okay. So for, cause that's one thing I, uh, when you, your up and coming story, my, my mother was telling me is you didn't have enough money. So you did options on futures so you could ride the futures without having the consequence of like, and that's the, still what these, these people I've been telling you that have been making a living on that OPIP. Mm-hmm. That is options, profits, insurance plan. And I, there is, if, you'll, if you just paper trade it, Josh, you'll see there's more profit potential in options than there is in futures. And it's okay. so much safer. And the reason is what we're trading with those options is volatility. You're trading people's emotions. And there's so much more profit in that than in just owning the underlying futures contract. Because the futures itself is more of a hedge in, so you can have it cheaper in the future. Well, kind of thing. The, uh, just a quick example. I remember I was trading silver. The okay. silver futures market jumped 25 cents. That's a okay. lot for them. The, the, uh, yeah, the option 
was the equivalent of like a dollar seventy five. But because even though you say a dollar, that's it's um, would it be one hundred and seventy five? Yeah, you'd have to translate that to pro to dollars. Okay. But what I'm saying is, it would be twenty five to one seventy five is uh, what seven times. Something like that. Hang on. Whatever that is. Yeah. It, it moved in multiple, many multiples of the futures. So then actually of uh, 43. Um, futures on options, is it just one contract you have or is it because an options uh, for like stock, it's 100 stock? Would it be 100 contracts kind of thing? No, it's one option per one futures contract. But you may be trading 10 options. Right. Okay. So then okay. You, you have 10 contracts, but at a nominal price kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And options get real cheap. I mean, Josh, we're talking $12. Yeah. We're talking 25 bucks, 50 bucks. Options get real, real cheap. Where margin is nowhere close to that low. Yeah. If you if you were trading a futures contract. Yeah. If you'll study that OPIP, you may want to have me back on to talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to flip out when you see what's going on with that. Yeah. It's one thing I was going to ask you uh, off air. This is a recording. It's I'd love to have you on again. Thank you. But you'll uh, once you get into those ops, you go, holy moly. I didn't realize it was. This was going on and yeah. it's going on, yeah, like right now. And especially with all this new intrinsic value to the market, the volatility. Yeah, like I say, a lot of my friends have made a lot of money in Bitcoin, but I don't I don't know enough to even talk about it, Josh. I don't even yeah. pretend to. But I know charts. And that was one thing uh with your your book as I was reading. I just looked at the charts and the technicals and uh, it just said, if you didn't get it in where this, like the 20 and the 50 day moving average crossed, I'm like, you're screwed. You just don't even get in kind of thing. Yeah. And it was just, as I looked at the charts, I'm like, damn, Ken's book is just like, every time I read the fancy, whatever, this is just a more fancier version of yours. And if something is at an all time low or if something is at an all time high, Mm -hmm. I mean, we know where it's going to go next. Yeah. And there's there's over 50 commodities. So there's always something happening all the time. You're never bored. No. And you don't have to be an expert in the field when you're trading options. You just got to know the, the technicals. Yes, exactly. And, and it's it's you'll see it in there. It's the zone okay. technique. And you'll see we put. We put a commodities price in one of four zones. Okay? okay. And if it's down at the bottom of zone one, it's dragon bottom. If it's at the top of zone four, it's way high. So, you know, you take a look and I think you're going to get very excited. Thank you. Yeah, I will be. Yeah. Um, actually, Ken, I'd like to cut it there. Uh, I will put your website and your uh, YouTube in the description for the show. Uh, Anything else you want to uh, uh, plug on your way out? No, just that if someone has a 
a passion, something inside them is leading them in this direction like you were, follow it, you know, follow it, but be, but don't throw money into it. You're not, you're not going to get rich overnight. Learn what you're doing. If you have a passion for this, then learn about it first. And the beauty of options and futures and all that is that we can paper trade it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can get a feel for what's going to happen. Uh, you're not going to, you know, chances, odds are you're not going to get rich overnight. You have to learn some skills, just like not looking at the cone. You know, it takes some effort. It does. And then there's a lot of little sacrifice now for a major gain later. Yes. Yeah. But learn what you're doing first. Absolutely. Thank you again, Ken. Uh, Thank you, Josh. This was a treat. It was an absolute pleasure. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end. You're an awesome person. Not many make it here. So being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. I, mean, I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.